You're listening to Fundraising Radio, a podcast about fundraising for early stage startups. The major rule that we follow here is no bullshit on this podcast. No music to relax you, no advertisements of our sponsors. We only talk about fundraising here and nothing else. So let's jump into the episode. And today's a guest speaker. We have Tibble Favre, co-founder and CEO at Ferment. And in this episode, we'll talk about something new and to be more specific, a new kind of fundraising. So there is a safe and there is CAFE, uh, which is what Fairman is doing. CAFE stands for Continuous Agreement for Future Equity, while SAFE stands for Simple Agreement for Future Equity. Am I right? Yep. Ah, I remember. I remember it. Great. I'm, I'm doing good. All right. Um, so in this episode, we'll talk about what CAFE is, what does this continuous part mean, what are the downsides of it, what are the good sides of it, and how do founders use it, and also how is it different from the crowdfunding, uh, more specifically, equity crowdfunding. So Tibolod, let's kick it off by you giving us some background on yourself and on Fairmint. Sure. Um, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me first. Like, uh, Very glad to be here. Um, so yeah. Fairmint. So basically, Fairmint is the, is the vision realized of like two founders, right? There's myself and there's like Joris Delanou, who is my co-founder. And so we're both like um, serial entrepreneurs. Uh, we had like very different but very complementary journey. Uh, we both had like several companies. We sold them. Like uh, we know like the ups and downs of raising funds, like uh, uh, financing our growth. And with Fairmint, basically the idea was like, okay, we, we think we found a way to make it much easier to use equity and to use equity not only to raise funds but also to incentivize your key customers your key stakeholders and so and so basically we started fairmint like uh, two years ago um and the idea behind Fairmint is very simple it's like we want to give founders more control over their company we need we want to give investors more liquidity and we want mm -hmm. to give stakeholders more access to the company's uh, cap table and and for that, like we created a new financial instrument, which is like the cafe, so the continuous agreement for future equity. And and the cafe, you should see it basically as a layer two of equity. So that's what makes your equity programmable. Mm -hmm. And using that, the great thing about the cafe is that you can create a continuous offering. So that means that instead of doing fundraising as you do today, and today how do you do? Like you just stop working. Um, mm -hmm. And you start making like pitch decks and you start like practicing and you start like contacting a hundred people and then like and you start with the ones you don't want and you finish with the ones that you'd like to have. And it's a whole process that can take like three to six months. It's exhausting. And while you do that, you do not work, right? So this is fundraising today. With Fairmint and with a continuous offering, what you do is you actually set up a continuous offering. So that means that you put an invest now, invest now button on your website. And then you get back to work. You get back to work and you try to create as much value as you can for your customers. And every person who comes on your website or every investor that comes along and asks about your company and whether they can invest, well, the, the, the answer is yes, you can invest at any single time. People can come on your website, click that invest now button and uh, have the ability to invest in your company. And mm -hmm. if I take the example of Fairmint, because we have our own continuous offering, how it translates is that every morning you wake up and the first thing you do is you look at who invested last night while you were sleeping. <laughs> and so that's kind of the, of the feeling. And, and we are something like a, we really want to reinvent how companies fundraise in a way that is much healthier for founders 
and also much better for for investors like a much easier more, much streamlined mm -hmm. right so first question is actually about not the difference between cafe and safe uh which we'll get to a bit later but first question is actually about the difference between uh Cafe and equity crowdfunding. So it seems like the premise is very similar. You know, you don't have to actually actively solicit investors going on those pitches. You just you know, create the campaign and it's just out there for X amount of time. Uh, in case of equity crowdfunding, of course, it's for a limited amount of time. In case of Cafe, it's for unlimited amount of time. But can you name some of the major differences between Cafe and equity crowdfunding, such as, you know, platforms like... Uh, uh, Republic, you know, that actually brings you the investors. So whenever you get on Republic, you get automatically a lot of attention from investors who are just, you know, participating on Republic. So, so yeah, so there's, there's actually many differences. Um, so the, the first difference is that Fairmint like, uh, enables you to do your offering on your own website, right? It's mm -hmm. not like nothing happens on Fairmint. It happens like you put your invest now button and your investment portal is on your own website. So, so what it means is that there's not um, you, you, there's not an intermediary between you and your investors, and so that is key because one of the problem of crowdfunding portals is that we often say that there's an adversarial selection, meaning like usually companies who go on a fundraising on the crowdfunding platform, like every serious investor will tell you, well, they went there just because they were not able to secure funds from professional investors. And there's like this stain of going to a crowdfunding platform because it means that, okay, you were not able to secure funds with serious investors. And so, so that's, a, that's a problem. And the second thing is that if you do a crowdfunding campaign, basically it usually runs like a, a limited period of time. So it's like you have a month, three months to raise your funds. And so that means that still like same game, you have to stop working. You have to create like some stupid marketing FOMO around your fundraising because you really want to raise these funds. And, and what happens is that little people know that, but like between 30 to 40% of the money you are raising in this crowdfunding campaign actually goes to Google ads and Facebook ads to drive people to like raise money. So, so, so it is, it is not a, a very, um, I, I don't want to offend any, anyone here, but it, um, there's a better way, right? And the, the main difference with uh, continuous offerings is that, and we tell our customers all the time, we said, this is not a crowdfunding campaign. Like uh, if you have a business momentum, like people will come. And first it's gonna be your close stakeholder, your customers, your users who are gonna come and, and they're gonna invest. And why are, are they gonna invest? Because they use your product. They know what you're doing. So, so they don't need to be convinced. They don't need to be pitched. They know the mm -hmm. value of what you're building. And then like these people investing, sends a signal to other people right and so and other people say hey you know what like uh, like you had already like uh, let's say 50 people who are convinced that this company makes sense and that what they do is actually useful so maybe i should tag along and so and and the fact of having this continuous offering is really a key difference and on top and we'll, we'll get there like uh, when we talk about the, the maybe the cafe is that with a continuous offering your valuation goes up automatically with the number of investors that invest. So to, to, to make the parallel with a, a crowdfunding campaign, when you do a crowdfunding campaign, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to, I want to raise $1 million at a 10 million valuation, right? And so, and then you, you start with the drum and, and you try to, to raise this million dollar, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. the, and then once you've raised it, well, that's it. That's it. You made your fundraising, and and the, the people who wanted to invest uh, after that, they cannot. Uh, you need to you need to wait until you do another campaign of fundraising, maybe. And every time you do a campaign of fundraising, you dilute yourself. Um, with a continuous offering, it's different. A continuous offering, like you are going to set a fixed allocation of equity. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to do a continuous offering, and I'm going to allocate 10%, example, it could be anything, of my company's equity to this continuous offering. And what's going to happen is that this is fixed. So it's not, it's not going to change unless you want to change it. But And people are going to invest and take a stake in those 10%. And the trick is, the earlier people invest, the cheaper price they get. And so that means that if I am bullish on your company and I'm an early believer, I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest first. And as a, as a compensation for investing first, I'm going to secure the best price. And if I'm more like a risk-averse type of person, I'm like, ah, I like this company, but I want to wait a little bit more. Like if they deliver the product that they said, if they start having customers, and then I'm going to wait. And maybe like in three months, then I'm confident. And then I, I'll start putting like a, a first investment. And maybe after six months that the company is killing it, and then I can come back and put more money. And so this is, this is really important. The fact that with a continuous offering, your valuation grows with the interest that you raise among investors. Mm -hmm. Right. I have to take a moment to say that not 100% agree. I would say like, uh, I definitely disagree with your statement on equity crowdfunding. It's definitely not the place where you go if you fail to raise from prominent investors. I've seen a lot of founders actually go specifically for equity crowdfunding because it offers a ton, a ton, a ton of uh, value there. So people, if you're going through that road, if you're looking at it, definitely continue. It might be a perfect option for you. So um, do not be discouraged by by, by the statement from uh, Tibola here. It, some people I can, can I, view that shirt, of course. I can, amend, I, can, I can amend. I can amend what I said, like uh, if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Let it be there. I, I've seen investors who say the exact same thing. I, I've seen like three, maybe four. Um, but again, the others are like, yeah, I love equity crowdfunding. It's good. I, I personally participate in those. I you know, make small investments, even though my normal check is 2 million. Sometimes I throw in 500 bucks into the company that I see on Republic just for fun. You know, I like it. I like the video that they make. So, you know, if you're doing that, keep doing that. But now let's go back to cafe and talk a little more about the topic that personally interests me the most probably in that, or at least the question that I did not understand quite yet. So, uh, the question is about this increasing pricing. Can you tell us a little more about how that works? So you allocate a certain percentage of your company to those who want to participate in this, you know, continuous round. How is the price growing? So it's so it's very simple. So I, I take simple numbers. Let's say you want to allocate ten percent of your equity, and um, you want to start like your offering at a ten million valuation. Okay, so that's the initial minimum valuation. So then. If you take 10% of 10 million, it's 1 million. So that means that at the beginning, like you are going to have to raise $1 million before the price starts increasing. And so if you decide, I'll take an example because you can choose the starting price of your offering. So let's say you start with like a, so the, the, the instrument is called the cafe. So at $10 a cafe. So that means that you first need to sell 100,000 cafes at $10 a piece. Um, to raise one million, and so the, your first hundred thousand mm -hmm. cafes are going to be sold at the same fixed price of ten dollar, and then only then, like an investor that will come after you've raised one million, 
then they're gonna every investor that comes in is gonna push the price up because they're gonna buy the cafe at always a slightly higher price. And so maybe the investor that comes after like uh, is is going to buy at uh, an average price of eleven dollar, and the one who comes after this one is gonna uh, buy at a price of fifteen dollar. And so and this is this is how it works. It's, it basically says the price of the cafe is proportional to the amount of investment you've received in the past. Mm -hmm. Okay, understood. So basically, and how exactly does it work in terms of, so you've allocated 10% of your company, and once it goes over 10%, is it going through a secondary market? Is it, you know, your very first investors selling part of their share, or do you just extend the raise, basically? So you, so, you give out more than 10% of your company there? No, so it, it remains 10%. You need to understand that it's not shares. Like the, the investor is not buying a share. It's buying fut rights for future equity. This is the cafe, right? And so mm -hmm. that means that when, like, when you sold your first 100,000 cafes and then like, people keep, keep investing, then new cafes are automatically being issued at a, like, the price being dynamic. And so those cafes, uh, obviously, they dilute the first investors who came in, right? But okay. It's not, it's not important because like, uh, the first investors secured a better price. And this is, and this is the, the other key part, the key difference between a safe and a cafe is that a safe is going to convert into a share at the next financing event. So, so you have some cafes and then you have an investor that comes along and they say, okay, I want to do a price round. And so you make a price round and at this moment, your safe converts into shares. That's not how it works with the cafe. With the cafe, the, the cafe only converts into a share when there's a liquidity event. So it's when you sell your company or where you go, when you go IPO. And so during all that time, basically the, the, the cafe remains the cafe. Okay, so so and, and it's a it's future equity, and so so the, this is why it's important because when you say there's ten percent of your equity that is allocated to the cafe offering, this ten percent is actually calculated at the end when there's a liquidity event. So when there's a liquidity event, when you sell your company, this is the moment where like lawyers look and say, okay, what is ten percent of this company? Oh, ten percent means this number of shares, and then like shares have been distributed to every cafe investors pro rata their holdings. And so that's an important property because that means that as a cafe investors, you're protected against dilution if you if the company was to raise funds on the cap table, if the company was to do a series A, B or C. Because like you collectively all cafe investors are always entitled to a fixed fraction of your company, no matter if you raise more funds on the cap table uh, in the future. Mm -hmm. But before that, you mentioned that you know if the uh, if you raise your intended you know uh, if you sell out basically the intended ten percent of your company in the future shares, of course, and then the investors just keep investing in this continuous offering. Uh, the initial investors are going to be diluted, so eventually investors yep. do get diluted, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they just get diluted in a different way. But uh, yes, mm -hmm. so the, the only thing that can dilute a cafe investor is another cafe investor investing. Mm -hmm. so, right. So but since it's continuous. Since it's continuous offering, so can a founder basically open up this cafe in the very beginning of the company and just keep it until the exit? So basically, throughout this entire journey, you know, maybe ten years, it's going to be still opened. Yep, exactly. And today so we that's possible. see today because yeah, that that's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> so so today, like the, the goal for us is to like you you incorporate your company, you allocate a fraction of your equity so that immediately. You can have your first customer, your your mom, your dad, your your friends uh, who can invest, 
And because usually you don't take that money because you're like, oh, I'm not going to pay lawyers to create like a, to, to get, a, I don't know, like 30000 or $50,000 of investment. It's not worth the cost. And here it is totally worth the cost. You open up, like you create your company's offering. And all of a sudden, anyone who wants to invest is able to invest. And then the goal for us, like the, the vision of Fermit is that when you're growing, like uh, when you're strong enough and you have like uh, 2,000 shareholders, then you can become a public company and you do IPO, but you do IPO mm -hmm. again using Fermit on your own website. Like, um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's, the, that's the vision. So, and we talk today with founders that are creating their company and founders that are pre-IPO. Like uh, the common thread between all the founders we talk to is that... They, they are people who understand that the biggest competitive advantage that they can build in their company is to actually have a very aligned uh, ecosystem and community of stakeholders and that everybody is aligned to the success of the company. So, so that's mm -hmm. the common thread between all uh, the founders that we talk to. Right, yeah, that aspect of it is definitely my favorite of both the equity crowdfunding and cafes because I was just you know, having a hundred thousand people backing you up and your business up that's just insanely great for you and for your um branding basically uh all right so now that we've covered all of that good stuff uh, let's talk just a little bit oh by the way before i forget people uh if you actually do decide to raise from your parents in a normal way you know through a safe uh it doesn't have to be super expensive do not hire like you know personal words to construct an, uh, a contract just for you. Uh, there are simpler ways. Uh, check out uh, fundraisingradio.com. Go to the section that says illegal. And we covered all of that good stuff in that section. So yeah, if you want to figure out how to construct those uh, legal agreements, definitely check out those previous episodes of ours. All right, so now let's talk about um, your personal use case of Cafe and how you, you know, uh, raise money through it. So you raised over $1.2 million through this continuous offering. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more, where did the money come from? Who are the major investors and how do you usually find them? So, yeah, so it's, it's the, the, um, the main thing. So, um, so yeah, we raised, actually we raised more than this. And uh, so I cannot announce it, but uh, actually today we closed uh, a multi-million investment in our nice. offering. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's very good. Was it in from cafe offering too? Yeah, in cafe offering from a very, very worldwide renowned investor. So, nice. so we, I cannot share it now, but yeah, it's very cool. So okay. this is why I said it was a, it was a good day today. Um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, but it started like we, we started our offering uh, in February last year, right? In February twenty twenty, and at that at that time, like uh, in three months, I think in three months we've raised like two hundred thousand dollars, right? And uh, and it was really people who are gravitating around the the company who believed in our vision. And say, hey, these guys are doing something that, is, that looks cool. And um, so the, the thing that you need to remember is that we never pitch anyone. And that is, for us, it was really important to prove that this model works. And so mm -hmm. what we always focus on doing is we focus on creating a great product and, and doing like uh, shipping greatness. We, we try as much as possible to not disperse ourselves into doing like things like creating FOMO around a, a, a campaign or, or fundraising. We just our laser focus on, on, on shipping a great product. And then when we announced the cafe, it, it was in, uh, in September, then like things starting like going like really wild because people, all of a sudden people, when we put the word cafe, uh, people understood what we were doing. <laughs> Before it was not that clear. Uh, when we came up with the, with the cafe, people started to understand that it's the next iteration, like it's a better safe, it's a continuous safe. And so then it clicked and then like it, we started having like much bigger investments. So before that, 
Like, I guess the biggest investment would have been like 20,000 and the smallest mm -hmm. was like uh, $200. Nice. Um, and after that, uh, like uh, we started having like a hundred thousand dollars, 150 and then $200,000 investment. And so, so then like, uh, obviously we started raising money much faster, but again, like the, I, I often say to our customers, say like the difference, uh, the world before Fairmint is that you're doing your product, you're passionate about it. And, and at, at some point you have a VC that reached out, right? Uh, because they mm -hmm. want to know more about what you're doing and they, 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 they reach out. And, and then, so you, you, you take the call, you pitch them, and at the end of the call, they ask you, okay, what about fundraising? Like, are you raising now? Uh, what's the plan? And more often than not, you, you're not fundraising because you're building your product. And so you say, well, I'm not fundraising right now, but I will be fundraising maybe in three months or in six months. But the problem is like you come back to them in three months and six months, and then, well, their, their attention span has, has gone. And so now mm -hmm. you have to force your way through and try to create like FOMO so that people like pull the trigger and invest. And so that's, and this is what is exhausting in fundraising, right? Because this is this thing like, will I be able to close? Will I be able to create such a momentum that people are, will be willing to pull a trigger and invest? And now with Fairmint, the, the same happens. So you build your product and then a, a, a VC comes along and, and asks about your product and your company, your vision. You pitch and at the end he says, are you raising? And you say, yes, I actually am raising. I'm always raising. You can just go on my website and you click this invest now button and you're able to invest right now. And, um, and, and so this is magical. This is like this magical feeling or I don't have, it's, it's not a problem if I don't have like great pitching skills. Um, I have great product skills. So I'm gonna show the world what I can do with my product. And, and if my product is great, like people are able to invest. And, um, and what I, I would think that is cool also is that usually as VC, usually have the upper hand because like uh, you're doing your fundraising and so you're telling them, please invest now because this is now that I've fundraised. So then they're like, okay, maybe like uh, give me, give us more data. We need more signal. And, and now like with Fermi, as it's, as it's continuous, it's like, okay, you don't want to invest now. Don't invest now. There's not, it's not a problem. You can invest in six months, but maybe in six months, the price will have doubled. And so it's really up to them to decide whether, when they want to invest. And because you don't care, like uh, if they don't uh -huh. invest, there's a lot of VC, there's a lot of capital out there. If you do something that is great, you will find investors and people will invest in your company. So, to illustrate this, since September last year, there's every month we've uh, received more money as investment that we spend in the company. So we're nice. quote unquote cash flow positive since September last year. <laughs> if yeah, you can so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 say it's let's call it cash positive. That's how startups work. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the cafe clearly has its own benefits. Otherwise, you would not be on fundraising radio. Uh, Something you, I mean, again, it always has its own downsides. And actually, let's talk about those downsides before we wrap it up. Um, so can you give us a few more examples of other startups raising money through Cafe? Have you seen those startups maybe struggling with the more traditional investors who refuse to invest because they know that, you know, when there is going to be an IPO or an epic acquisition, 10% of the company is going to belong to that crowd that invested in Cafe. So thank you for saying that, because this is actually a key point that I did not mention yet. But the, the, the thing with the cafe, I don't know how much of your listeners are into crypto, right? But uh, so Fairmint, even though we look like we are not a, not a crypto company in the back end, we are all crypto. Mm -hmm. And why do I mention this is because like when you're using Fairmint and you're doing a continuous offering after one year, because when the investors invest, like there was a lockup period of on their investment of one year. After one year, you as the founder of the company can decide to create a secondary market. 
using mm -hmm. like crypto technologies. I, I will not go into detail in, uh, uh, now, but basically it enables you to create a liquid, healthy secondary market where investors can actually sell like uh, before the IPO or before the, the sale of the company. And so this is, remember when I said like Firmit, we want to give founders more control, investors more liquidity and stakeholders more access. So that's the liquidity for investors. And, and this is also why with, with the cafe, investors get no governance rights. So, and we think this is really important. Why do investors ask for governance rights? It's, it's not because they want to bother you. It's because their money in traditional fundraising, their money is locked into your company and they cannot walk away. They cannot sell like from one day to another, say, you know what, I'm done, I want to sell. They, they, so they, it's like a, a wedding, right, with your investor. And so this is why they want to make sure that their money is well used. And, and what we do with Fairmint and the continuous offering concept is we'll say, well, like there is this secondary market. And so if you disagree with the company, you can always sell. You can always sell. You can walk away with your, with your investment and you walk with your feet, you vote with your feet. And, and this is why like investors are happy investing into the cafe, even though there's no governance rights. They just get the financial upside. They don't get a, a word about the strategy of the company. So mm -hmm. that's very important. Um, to your question about uh, about customers, so I'll give one example that just happened like three weeks before. Um, so we just launched a, a customer and he was in this situation. Like he had raised the first round of fundraising. And so he had a, he has a good product, he's growing, he's making revenue. But so he was, he was trying to get investors on board, but like he, he has not yet like the metrics of a series A, right? And so he did this continuous offering and in two days, he secured $200,000 from his customers. And he, he did not even pitch them. The customers saw that they had launched this offering. And so four mm -hmm. of them came, came along and invested $200,000. And like there was like, we, because we were on Slack together, and there was like this holy shit moment. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> was like it's crazy. I did not pitch them. And, and, and even like, uh, this is what dragging their feet. And now like uh, all of a sudden I have 200,000 from my own customers. And so that's perfect. And, uh, and now like three weeks after he's almost raising, like he's almost uh, reached like 500,000. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's super happy. He's super happy. And uh, because it, it's a transformative experience. Like once you, <laughs> Once you try it, uh, it, it is it's it's addictive. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, it's just there is a button showing on your website, and people just you know click on it, and bam, at least five hundred bucks is in your bank account. So yeah, it definitely sounds interesting. Another thing that actually caught my eye when I was looking through your website is programmable uh, rewards program. So can you tell us a little more about that? How exactly does it work? How do you allow your customers to you know basically earn the equity in your company? Yes. So, so that's a big part because like there's two ways for people to become owners of a company. So obviously you can invest. That's, that's way one. But there's another way. The other way is to earn equity. And today earning equity is not that popular because it, it does a lot of friction. It involves a lot of legal. And so what we did is we, we absorb all this legal and all those tax issues and everything. And we transform it into a product that is easy to use. So basically if I, what, what we do is we enable you to um, like automate, create uh, automated stakeholder incentivization pools. I'll take an example. You're Uber. You're the future Uber, right? And so you say, okay, I want um, all the drivers who generate more than $10,000 of revenues every month to get compensated uh, 500 bucks in equity of the company, right? And so what we do is we enable you to create that pool 
based on your cafe offering, you can create a pool for drivers. Say, so, okay, I'm gonna incentivize my drivers. And then like we provide you with an API so that from within your product, at the moment you see fit, when it, when it reaches your metric and on your terms, you can say, hey, you know what? I want to incentivize Constantin uh, $1,000 um, with this vesting and this cliff. And you just shoot that API call and then like uh, Constantin will receive an email and, uh, and we'll get through a flow where at the end is gonna be compensated in equity. And so, so we try to make equity compensation plan as automated and simple and efficient as possible. Perfect, I love it. And yeah, it sounds like at least one of the best uh, parts of Cafe. And that's yet another reason why you are on Fundraising Radio today. So uh, moving on to the very last question of today's episode, which is the one that we ask every single person, call to action. So what do you want the listener to do as soon as the episode is over? So I think one thing you, you, you should do definitely is you should um, look at the cafe. Like uh, I'm not saying mm -hmm. like this is a, a, a silver bullet that's going to solve all your problems. Um, but I think it's really interesting and you should know about it. Like, uh, and if you feel compelled to learn more, like uh, go to our website and you click on that get early access button and you have a very short form and then you'll be able to book a Zoom call with us and where you can ask away all your questions. And, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll help you uh, like uh, set up your continuous offering if that's what you want to do. But yeah, so mm -hmm. learn more about the cafe would be uh, my advice. Sounds like a great call to action. My call to action is gonna be be critical. Cafe sounds awesome. Definitely love the idea. Definitely love a lot of its aspects, but there are multiple, multiple other ways of raising money. So be sure to learn more about them. Don't just, you know, like, oh, I love cafe. I'll go with it right away. Check out other options. See what fits your specific use case. Because I mean, as uh, the bullet said, uh, there is no silver bullet for anyone. Otherwise, fundraising really would not exist. Uh, so yeah, learn about your options. Check it out. I'll make sure to leave the link to uh, Fairman in the description of this episode. So you'll be able to learn more about Cafe. And also, I will leave a link to um, cafeofopengrants.io because that's actually how I learned about it. Uh, the founder of Open Grants is the previous speaker of Fundraising Radio. Great guy, great solution. So everyone who is interested in grant funding should definitely go check it out and maybe you'll be interested in investing in them as well. So do that, be critical, and as usually, have a good day.